You know, one of the big challenges a lot of companies have is they have very complex and very complicated supply chains with lots of moving parts, lots of suppliers, vendors, service providers. What's one of the ways you can kind of manage all of that in a, in a more simpler format? Hi, Steve. Yeah, that that's very common with a lot of the companies. And one of the strategies that companies should do is really take the time and map out that supply chain. Really identify all those different parties involved in their global supply chain. And once you start breaking that out and mapping it into the different lanes, you can have a better visibility of who's involved, what are the parties involved, and you can really risk assess those different lanes through your supply chain. So that I, I think that's a key step that everyone should do when mapping out their supply chain. So risk assessing, and then once you risk assess it, you kind of prioritize those resources and then kind of manage that accordingly. Right. That certainly makes a lot of sense. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Master's Method podcast from Zisser Customs Law Group. I'm Steve Zisser, a customs attorney, and I specialize exclusively in the area of import and export law and supply chain security. In the Master's Method podcast, we're going to share valuable trade compliance, supply chain security information, and recommendations on the latest trade news in a unique format that is easy to understand, easy to use, and apply. What we're going to do better than anyone else is we're going to simplify those complex topics and concepts. And joining me in our podcast today is our good friend, Yanis Sandez. Hi, Yanis. Hi, Steve. Uh, my name is Yanis Sandez, and I'm the Trade Compliance Manager here at Scissor Group. And I've been working with supply chain security for the past 10 years. I'm excited to be here and be able to talk to you about this topic. Well, today's topic on supply chain security is going to talk about the five-step risk assessment. In this topic, we're going to talk about why it's important to perform a risk assessment, and then we'll talk about the five steps that you actually go through to do the risk assessment. So, Yanis, this five-step risk assessment that we've talked about, we've heard so much about it over the years. Yeah. Certainly, anyone that's involved in CTBAT, it really is a high priority. Why is it important to perform a risk assessment? Well, I think, first of all, I, I want to point out that U.S. Customs is really pushing everyone to map out their supply chain and perform this risk assessment. Risk assessment is really the foundation on how you establish your processes and controls and also identify all the different routes of your product. Where is it importing from? Where are you exporting it to? So it's really a foundation in theory of your supply chain program. And, and one of the big focuses that Customs really wants is to everyone to be sensitive to those different supply chains and establish risk. There are different risks associated with different supply chain routes. Now, now U.S. Customs, you're right. I think in, in, in the CTPAC concept, virtually it's an absolute requirement that you must have this five-step risk assessment in place. It's required. It is required, and Customs is really pushing hard on having everyone understand, grasp the concept, the concept and implement the concept throughout their supply chain and th throughout their company. Now, of course, a five-step risk assessment, like you said, you're really going to map out that entire supply chain, all the different people that are touching the cargo from point A to point B to point C to point D, from really end to end. You really want to understand everybody that might be touching or impacting that cargo. Right, because you want, you want to be able to identify if there's any gaps in your supply chain. Are there any vulnerabilities or weaknesses? So unless you really map out your entire supply chain, it's really hard to know if any of those gaps exist. Okay, Yanis, so now let's talk about the actual five steps. So what is step one? 
So step one, Steve, you have to come up with a master list of all the international supply chain partners, people that touch your cargo, such as your suppliers, your freight forwarders, carriers, customs brokers, and so forth. So all the people that are essentially going to touch your cargo, you want to make sure you, you have a list of all those people, sort right. of their, their name, their address, contact person. Ideally, yes. You yes. really want to know as much as you can. And that would be, of course, not just for people who touch your cargo, but also people that touch your data also. Exactly, because it's all part of the same supply chain. They're all commingled. So you really want to identify all those different parties involved with your transactions. So obviously, a lot of you can understand that could be a very large yes. list uh, if you have a very large and complicated supply chain, or it could be a relatively simple list if you have a more compact supply right. chain. But obviously, the more lanes you're working with, probably mm -hmm. the, the more, more players players and partners you're going to have to list. And one thing to also remember, I think it's important, is that list can change. So that list has to be yes. maintained and updated as you go through yeah, the process. Yeah, supply chains are very dynamic nowadays. So keeping up with that list is, yes, very important. Okay, so that's step one. Go ahead and get that master list of all your different supply chain partners, people who touch your cargo and people who touch your data. You got to identify all those players in the process. Uh, what is step two now? So step two is now you really now have to identify your supply chain routes, where cargo is coming in and out, inbound and outbound routes. And here at this point, you're really now mapping it out, laying out those different lanes um, and incorporating those international supply chain partners that you've identified in step one. So this is really key because here's where you really start identifying the complexity or the simplicity of your supply chain. So as you map out, you're basically mapping out route to route. So if you have, let's say, five trade lanes coming inbound to the U.S., you're going to basically be doing five separate maps. Yes, definitely, because you want to be able and really segregate all the different lanes and list all those parties in a sequence on how when the product is being shipped to the, the point of arrival. So you're going to then, once you do the mapping, then you're going to plug in from your master list those different supply chain partners exactly. that may either touch the cargo or touch the data. So as you map it out from point A to point B, which is, let's say, it's in Taiwan, at a factory, and it's going to arrive at my uh, warehouse facility uh, here in Los Angeles, California, right. you want to identify all the players in that process that would either touch the cargo or touch the data. That could be quite a bit. It could be quite a bit, yes, but it's definitely necessary to do to really identify all the parties involved. So definitely mapping that out, having that documented is, is key. So one of the things I think also important to remember if you're going to be mapping that out again, like we've said before, the mapping changes. It's dynamic. Uh, things are always uh, moving and shifting. So you certainly have to be maintaining that throughout the process. Too. Right. And it's also important to take in consideration that you may be working with different supply chain partners or different freight forwarders, and they won't necessarily be handling all of your different routes. So it's a great opportunity to identify, well, this freight forwarder is supporting my Asia shipments. This freight forwarder is supporting my Europe shipments. So again, it's a great opportunity to really identify how your supply chain is being handled and by whom. Okay. So now once you've done that and you've kind of mapped everything out and you identified all those different uh, supply chain routes that you may or may not have, step three, what's that look like? 
So in, a, in an international supply chain, one of the biggest thing is countries. What are the countries involved? So once you've already mapped out your supply chain and, dif and identified all those different routes, then you identify what countries are involved in those routes. So one of the biggest thing in risk assessment is really doing a, a threat assessment of that country from where you're shipping from. Again, there's a lot of data and information relevant to each country and to the, the current situation. So, uh, what, so whether some countries has. may be, may be uh, low risk and yes. some countries can certainly be high risk, right. uh, is that usually how you would set it up, kind of this lower high type approach? Yes, it's definitely low, high, maybe medium. But again, there's a lot of factors that play in. There's a lot of information. Terrorism is one. Uh, drug smuggling is another one. Contraband. Again, there's different uh, situations that are occurring at different countries, and you want to be able to identify those and risk assess that. So now you've risk assessed each of those countries, and then step four, you're going to do what next now? So the next thing that you want to do is you really want to also assess those parties involved, those international supply chain partners. You want to be able to identify whether they have good controls in place. Are they part of a supply chain security program such as CTPAD, OEA, AEO? Uh, do they have good security protocols in place? Because that'll also give you confidence on how they're they're handling your cargo and so your data. So somewhat, you've already risk risk assessed the countries, identified their risk level. You're somewhat risk assessing the level of all your supply chain partners, right? Based on some of the criteria you talked about. You're right. Obviously, if they're in a CTPAD or CTPAD equivalent program, supposedly they would have a little bit of a lower risk. Lower risk. And if they're meeting standards, that helps. Exactly. And if they're not in the program and not meeting standards, then it's higher, higher. risk. And then you can certainly uh, deal with that. So, yeah, that can certainly change. So now, step five, once you've set all that up, you've set up your master list of all your partners, you've mapped out your entire supply chain, you've threat assessed the countries that you're working with, you've threat assessed all your supply chain partners. Uh, finally, what's gonna be step five? Step five is just pretty much memorialize everything and every year, at a minimum, go over those supply chains, go over the, that master list of supply chain partners and update if necessary. Well, that, that's got to be important. I think customs is pretty critical on that because obviously what you've just set up is going to be super dynamic. Right. Uh, things are changing. Your supply chains are changing. Your partners are changing. Uh, things are never static. Um, so you would do it review. You do this kind of update, what, at least annually? At least annually. And if you have any major change in your supply chain throughout the year, then I would update it. So what we talked about today was the importance of, of the risk assessment. And some of the next steps you need to do is certainly set up your five-step risk assessment, implement it, maintain it, and certainly audit and oversight it. That's going to be really important. Also, I would also be training a lot of your employees on those things you can do. So what we talked about today is the importance of performing a risk assessment, why it is one of the most critical parts it of the is. supply chain security program. We also talked about the five parts of the risk assessment. You need to meet each of those, the master list of all your supply chain partners, identifying all those routes and mapping everything out, threat assessing the countries you work with, threat assessing the business partners that you work with, and then ultimately implementing that and reviewing it and updating, updating it. it. And at least, as we said earlier, a minimum of one year. Well, I want to thank all of you for joining us today on the Master's Method podcast, and I'm looking forward to you listening to our future Master's Method episodes. If you have any questions, need support or guidance, please do not hesitate to contact us 
through our website at zissergroup.com or send us an email to solutions at zissergroup.com. Don't forget to subscribe. And until next time, thank you, everyone. Bye-bye.